a rich man's a thief or philanthropist. Like, Stephen <laughs> Schwartz is kind of spitting bars in that part. <laughs> My name's Quincy. And my name's Kevin. And this is Sentimental Men from Theaterly. We are here to talk, and maybe scream, about our favorite women in musical theater. The history of wrong guys. Chapter one, he's a bum. Two, he's not into you. Three, he's a sleaze. Four, loves the girl next door. Five, loves the boy next door. Six, don't love you. No more, makes you insecure, makes you so unsure, is so immature, loves his mother more, loves a girlfriend named Nicola. Oh. Sorry guys, that was probably pretty rough on the ears. Yeah, Anthony, we can cut we can cut that in half. <laughs> um I'm Good sipping evening, on a glass of blackberry and uh what is this? Blackberry red wine from Old York Cellars in New Jersey, the vineyard I visited this past weekend. Ah, I know New Jersey well. I was in Central Jersey, I've been told. That's where I'm from. Really? I was in, uh, I went to Somerville, Somersville and Manville. Mm -hmm. It was cute. Went to diners, went to Costco, did all the suburban things. I love a diner. Can we go to a diner? I love a Costco too. My friends on the Upper East Side go to yoga every Sunday morning and then go to the di- this like diner after. Um, yeah. And I meet them at the diner after. I don't go to yoga, but I meet them at the diner. Because there's something really uh, lovely about like a morning diner experience. Oh, see, I love a night diner. Oh, that's interesting. I love to end the night at a diner. Very theater kid of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Denny's energy. Applebee's, baby. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, happy Wicked Month, guys. We're still rolling along. Not even happy Wicked Month, Quincy. Happy Wicked Weekend. Wicked Weekend. I can't and wait truly, for And truly, it is Wicked Weekend. Because today's Friday, when you're listening to this. And the anniversary is when? Saturday? And the anniversary is Monday. Monday. So really? Sunday, there's the fan performances okay. that we're going to. Oh, There's the also actual the anniversary is fair. on a Monday night? Yeah. What's the and street fair? It's like a block party. I think they're doing like under the, like in the overpass there. Oh, that's fun. Are we, I yeah. assume we're going to that? Yeah, we're going. I, wow. I said we would go. <laughs> wow. We're yeah, still a couple then, weeks out at the and time then of recording. The, the fit, yeah. <laughs> And then there's the fan performances and then the actual anniversary performance on Monday. That whole it's weekend is going to be such a blur. Yeah. And then really? y'all are going to get an episode ASAP about it. Wait, after. so what? what is the date that this episode is coming out? Today, when they are listening, is Friday, October 27th. Okay. Wait, guys, also on October 30th, who knows if this is going to be announced yet, but there's a really, we were guests on a really fun and cool podcast, and that episode is coming out on October 30th, so buckle up. Truly buckle up. You'll oh know my gosh. once we- I forgot about, about that. It. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you're even guessing right now. I don't think everybody guess. Everybody say out loud what podcast you think it is. So Quincy, mm-hmm. since we last recorded our last episode, Mackenzie Kurtz, mm. um, since that episode, we have now both gone to see her as well as the entire 20th anniversary cast. Mm-hmm. Before we move on, can I just say, I think about Mackenzie Kurtz probably five times a week. Yeah, it's a good average. 
four to five. She's really doing something up on that Gershwin stage. The entire yeah. cast is. The entire cast really, really is. This cast is phenomenal. I guess we got right into it. We did get right into it. Okay, so Kevin and I recently went to see this 20th anniversary cast perform in Wicked ahead of the 30th anniversary. I think we went to a prepare ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Emotionally. Yeah. Because you had gone recently too, but you had... I had Laurel Harris. You had Alyssa a, wasn't on when I went without And your you. fear was an understudy too. You saw Dan, right? Yes, I saw Dan Gleason. Yeah. So this, we saw the complete principal cast. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Thoughts? I am going to start this by saying that I, Mackenzie Kurtz has made her way into my top three. Mm-hmm. Wow, Kevin. She is, dare I say, perfect in it's this like role. It's like really stunning work that's happening. It's so, and we said this after we saw her the first time too, it's like, it's so lived in mm-hmm. and it's so, um, like it's so zany, but it doesn't feel fake. Mm-hmm. Forced. And she's singing the absolute hell out of it. Mm-hmm. She looks incredible. She looks gorgeous. Her chemistry with Alyssa is insane. Mm-hmm. They, the two of them, I feel like, are such a strong pairing. Definitely. Did you clock? I talked about it in one of the episodes we've recorded after I saw her <laughs> again recently. Mm-hmm. Did you clock the like joke thing that she does in the train station scene? I was listening for it specifically because you had brought it up or like watching for it, and I did it register. Yes, and I do, I love that because it's. Yeah, it's such a good one, two, three it's moment. It's smart. It's smart. Yeah. Uh, that's a perfect word. Her performance is so smart. Like, she knows exactly when she can insert a little flair mm-hmm. to, the, to the moment, and she knows when to pull back. Her popular is nuts. Her popular feels it's, it's 2007 it when is. she starts doing popular. It is. It's, wait, and thank God. Who said... Who said there are white wine Glindas and there are white oh, claw yeah. Glindas. <laughs> Whoever well, tweeted that, that was Shout brilliant. out, please. That's the funniest way to describe, and it's so true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so true. So And it feels like we get a, a white claw, claw Glinda, Glinda from, <laughs> during popular. <laughs> but then by thank goodness, She's Chardonnay, honey. No, Sauv Blanc. <laughs> A thank goodness Glinda is sipping on Sauv Blanc. She can't afford the Chardonnay calories. Sure. <laughs> is Sauv Blanc less calories? I just remember that Sauv Blanc was the allowed wine to drink on keto. Oh. I don't know. Fun fact. No, but I really loved Mackenzie. I thought, like I said, I thought her popular was so mwah. Like it mm-hmm. was so, it was so good. Thank goodness also so good. What did she tell us that she was? A popular Glinda. Okay, that does that tracks something about her thank goodness made me very it emotional. Hits. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really tough. I in. think that she treats that section as like more of a realization. Mm. Like it it really feels like she's realizing these moments or these things in the moment as opposed to I think like revealing sometimes there's Glinda's more doing. of a sense of like sh- of like she's already sure that this is mm-hmm. how she feels. Yeah. Or I don't know if I'm articulating no, no, no. it the right way, but yeah. but yeah, her it's very uh it's beautiful. Her no one mourns the wicked, the voice, 
great. It's there. It's all there. Um, it t- it, she checks every single box. Her for good staircase. Let the, let the little girl, someone has got to say this. You are out of control. I mean, come on. They're just used. Let it go. Excellent line delivery. Excellent. Every line delivery. It's like it's... Ugh. I, I can't do anything but sing the praises. Mm-hmm. And I know that you all online have been this, we're not repeating anything you all haven't said, but I do believe she will be in and out of Wicked for years and years to come because she is just yeah. such a solid, solid Glinda. I feel like she could be like the Jenny DeNoya of Glinda's. Mm. You need someone on the West End, Mackenzie Kurtz. I'm really such a stan of hers. Someone got to fill on tour for a week, Mackenzie Kurtz. This is coming after the Mackenzie Kurtz episode where I'm sure I'm fa- I fangirled over her in it as well. Just know that that love and adoration has not gone away. I still am holding a really, really strong torch for Miss Mackenzie Kurtz as Glinda. <laughs> or a strong wine glass. <laughs> oh, I also clocked the thing you said about her acting during the Flying Monkeys. When she's like, Elfie, just do it, just do it. Like, oh. like she's kind of like uh, a little more frantic in that moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was a great setup for act two. Michelle Pock and John Dossett, real life married couple. Really? I didn't know that. Well, that's fun. That contextual, that's good context, I guess. I thought she was a really fun marble. I thought she gave a very like, um, a very like dynamic performance. Like she, mm-hmm. she's up, she's down, she's high pitch, she's low pitch, she's singing, she's, you know what I mean? Like she gave us a lot of different things. She was a very, and I mean this in the best way possible, and I hope <laughs> it is taken that way. She was a very cunty marble. <laughs> Like, she just had that it girl energy and, like, wasn't trying to impress anyone, was doing her thing in her way, and it was great. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yes. I know exactly what you mean. And John Dossett was father as the wizard. Very fatherly. Literally yes. and in vibe. Oh, literally and in vibe. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was That was, was a dramaturgical great. joke. You didn't get that? I know. I didn't get... I wasn't listening all the way. Yeah, I thought John Dossett was great. I loved John Dossett in Wonderful because Mm. I feel like he really got the energy of the end of the song into the beginning of the song. Mm. And the beginning of that song is so wordy that um, it kind of like made you lean in and listen to him Mm -hmm. because his energy was was already up there. He also kept me engaged with Wonderful in a way that I feel like I'm normally not. Like when I was watching him perform Wonderful, I felt like I was taking in lyrics that I hadn't necessarily heard or clocked before. Heard before, before. yeah, no. And like I say that as someone who knows the lyrics, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, he definitely- um, And it's a smart, we don't give Wonderful enough credit. Like the, a man's called a traitor or liberator, a rich man's a thief or philanthropist. Like Steven Schwartz is kind of spitting bars in that part. He's making um, statements. He's making statements and it's great because he then like he's telling Alphaba what he's going to do to her. Like he's going to give her this label of the wicked witch of the west and that's how people are going to remember her. It's great. Wow. And we're giving Glinda this label wow. uh, of Glinda the good witch and that is how people are going to remember you because that is what we decided is happening. Wow. Isn't that kind of fucked? Have you known that before? 
it like clicked in a way that it it hadn't really previously. Like I always yeah. made the connection, but like I feel like uh, a thief or John, philanthropist. John really made it like is one a crusader evident. or ruthless invader? It's all right? in which label is able to persist. Look at this. Wow. Honestly, John Dossett, the sentimental man. Wow, thank you, John Dossett. May I bring up friend of the pod, Miss Kimber Elaine Sprawl? Oh, please do. Bitch. She's a funny Nessa. She is a funny Nessa. My favorite thing, like... You were actively during the show. I think you were watching Kimber the entire time. She came out during the opening number, not as Nessa, and you were like, is that Kimber? Yeah, well, it's I clocked it just because I, like, recognized her as I was panning. Mm -hmm. Um... And I, like, kind of remembered that Nessa is in the opening number. And mm-hmm. I think Fiero is, too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Kimber takes up space as Nessa in a way that, like, Nessas usually don't. Ooh. Like, she's, ki- like she's, she's, like, she's loud and she, she makes big gestures. And, like, when she's dancing and dancing through life, she's, like, really grooving and I don't know. She just, like... Uh, she's feeling the beats. She, she's making her choices. She's like feeling she said. the beats. And she's, like, elevating herself to, like, mm. I am the third witch of mm. the witches of Oz. Which she, you know, she talked about. And it's like, yes, like, you are giving Nessa, like, a main character energy mm-hmm. in the moments that it's appropriate to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big she got, fan. She got scary for me during Wicked Witch of the East. I was like, oh, this scary. is deep. Yeah. yeah, 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 she was great. And I ended up riding the train home with her after <laughs> Cute. I'll start this section with a story. Oh, okay. Dancing through life ends. Oh, is this, does that have to do with me? Do I do something? Yeah. I don't even remember. Yeah. <laughs> Dancing through life ends. Before the applause, before, like, as people are raising their hands to clap, Quincy goes, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you, I think Fierro is such a tricky role. Mm-hmm. Because I think Fierros can get away with... Hmm. <laughs> I think Fierros can get away with doing not a lot, and Jordan Litz does a lot as Fierro. And to me, when I watch Dancing Through Life, typically... One, I love Dancing Through Life, because Fierro's on stage, mm-hmm. and I love Fierro. But there's... Yeah, and the pants. Dancing Through Life is a logistically and technically hard song, I think, to pull off because there's a lot going on on stage. There's a lot of singing that needs to happen. There's like a riz and a swagger that needs to be emanating from Fierro. Jordan Litz dances through Dancing Through Life. He dances through Dancing Through Life. I agree. And I think something that is like so important with Fierro is even though he's like kind of douchey, like when we meet him, he still has to be- Likeable. Like he has to get us, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's gotta- he, That's he's, what it we've is. We've gotta love him, even that's though he's- is. And it's, and I think that's hard because like your first line is like bullying Alpha. you know what I mean? Bullying. <laughs> but I think like he had such a um, twinkle in his eye. Like mm-hmm. he had such a- a teasing energy instead yeah. of like a like a frat bro energy. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. a reminder that when Fierro hits, Fierro really, really hits. He hits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jake Peterson is such a cutie patootie as Bach. Kind of perfect. Jake Peterson also achieved for me what Kimber achieved is like he gave Bach main character energy in the moments when it was appropriate to do so. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, not in a way that is that was ever distracting, but, like, I feel like he really, like, did everything he could with each moment that he had. He also did like a he really... Hit every joke. He also did a really excellent job at selling the... It's Bach! And I can't do this anymore. Because I think that is actually a tricky line to sell in a way that feels earnest and not forced. Yeah. And I think he navigated the acting choices of that very well. Yeah, because he... I feel like he got a little more upset about it each time. So it really felt like a buildup instead of... Just a random mm-hmm. burst. Yeah, and I thought he was great in the Wicked Witch of the East scene. Mm. I love because that's, that's a scene that's so, like, one emotion, another emotion, another emotion. Like, he hits so many beats mm-hmm. in rapid succession. Succession. He hits so many beats quickly mm-hmm. that, and I thought that he did a great job, like, making that really smooth. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We saw OG Dr. Dillamand. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. It was so cool to be like sitting in the theater and right. hearing what I hear when I listen to the cast recording. Yeah. And like seeing like it was kind of surreal at the theater that it would have happened that 20 years ago. It was very right. cool. It was really cool. And he's great. He's the OG. The OG DD. Yeah. And he gave me a very like stately Dr. Dillamand, like a very dignified. I actually wish we could have him on, but unfortunately, Kevin has a rule about not having men on about... Because <laughs> we know that a lot of Dr. Dilliman material got cut before it opened on Broadway, and I would love mm-hmm. some insight into what that was and maybe like the textures it painted onto the story that we have today. I also would love to know that, Quincy. Hmm. We'll talk. Maybe you should reconsider. We'll okay. Alyssa Fox? <sighs> Alyssa Fox. She... Here's the thing. She's been doing it for so long. Mm-hmm. And yet still somehow she found a way to exceed any and every expectation that I had of what she would give. Because what? We've seen bootlegs yes. of Alyssa Fox. We've been watching this journey. For, it, t- for 10 years we've been watching her for 10 do years. the role. And it's almost, just like, right? it's like, so... What really stood out to me, honestly, was the vocals. It was really, like, genuinely really impressive watching her sing this role. I agree. I is I mean, out of the gate during the Wizard and I, I remember thinking like she knows exactly where every single note of this song mm-hmm. needs to be. Right. right like right, it, right. it's it was so specific and it was so like like practiced. It's like she's she's been doing this and figuring out what works for so long mm-hmm. that now that that is so secure. Then she layers on this like beautiful performance on top of it. Mm-hmm. Oh God! Yeah, she also looks are... really, really incredible as like green as Alphaba. I have an image of her at the end of the Wizard and I seared into my memory. She just looks so stunning, and we had incredible seats. Thank you, Wicked. But like, she really did. I don't Thank know. It's just been stuck in my head. She opted up during. Um... The Fiero of it all in a really beautiful, strong, confident mm-hmm. way that really hit mm-hmm. for me. It's it's really it's all perfect. Like it's really just a perfected performance of Alphaba. It is. It's so good. A finely tuned love- performance of Alphaba. Ooh, finely tuned. Yeah, 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 yeah. I really loved her in Defying Gravity too, mm-hmm. because she had such a moment of um like acceptance. Like I really felt her relax 
into the decision that she was going to mm. go off or and you know do whatever. Mm. Oh, like, you know what hit for me during Defying Gravity this time that has never hit for me before? What? How fucking crazy Madame Marble's speech is. Like to be saying that Michelle shit Pop, about baby. Alphaba? Yeah, about crazy. this child, this college student. That you know all the full tea about and you're like doing this? I, I don't know. It's that has all never in hit. Which for label me. is able to persist? Wow. Yeah, like yeah, that moment of like, and maybe because I'm always like, ooh, divine gravity is about to happen, so I'm in a different headspace. But like that moment <laughs> of her saying those things in the speech, Marble saying those things about Elfham in the speech, and then watching Alyssa and Mackenzie on stage together and watching Alyssa take that all in and have a reaction and then come to the decision to sing Defying Gravity. Mm-hmm. I understand we have a Wicked podcast and I understand that I've seen Wicked a bajillion times. This was the but first time it's that so that good. happened. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, her Defying Gravity is is really special. And it's, again, it's so finely tuned vocally that it's like she... She's not thinking about how she's singing it, so she's giving it so much acting. Mm, that's an interesting observation, yeah. Not that she's not thinking about her but yeah. singing, but it's no, it's so it's probably so lived in her at this point. I mean, guys, really, go see this cast. They're super, super sensational. Oh, God, I cannot wait to see this cast with the energy of the anniversary It's going to feel like reopening again. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And I was a little bit uh, nervous because I saw it lucky, with you Quincy. and then I saw it a month prior. So I was like, is seeing it for a third time in three months going to be a, too much? But having this conversation has already made me very excited to see it Ignited again. me. Yeah. Ignited me. Uh, anyways, so we hope to have Alyssa back on, but we thought a very sentimental thing to do this episode, oh this God. weekend, would be to listen back to her original episode which um, we recorded like I think a month or two before she was cast. We didn't as the twentieth. We recorded we it, and then she had told us off the record that they were actually bringing her into audition for principal, right? Like that week or something. So she didn't right. even know that she was taking over on Broadway. Yet. Nobody knew. Yeah. And so now, like, to listen to that with the context of what was about to happen for her, and like hearing her talk about how badly she wanted to play the role on Broadway and how much the role meant to her and how much growth she experienced. It's like, I honestly like teared up a little bit when I was like listening back to it uh, earlier today. Cause it's just like, it's, it's nice to, to see somebody getting what they totally hoped for. Mm -hmm. And then another fun fact, which I don't know if Alyssa told us or Mackenzie. It must have been Mackenzie. Alyssa and Mackenzie, correct me if I'm wrong, Kevin, did the final performance of Frozen on Broadway together before? Yes. Yeah. They were the last performance of Frozen. That is so cute. And now they're back together for the 20th. I love that. I am a sentimental man. That's that's kismet. You know what I mean? That's like... mm. Anyway, so here's uh, a little rerun of our interview with Alyssa. Take a trip down memory lane. All right. Here it is. Bye. Alyssa Fox is here with us today. Thank you so much for joining. Finally, It's my pleasure. I know, finally, after all this time. Yeah, this has been in the works for a while. We've been circling each other. And you sent us in a Two Truths and a Lie for an episode a while back. Right. If you remember. Yeah, I absolutely do Which we will get to. Yeah. Because we have questions. Yeah, because we need the stories behind the truths. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we start every interview with how did Wicked come into your life as a real person, not as actress Alyssa Fox? I'm trying to remember the first time. It was definitely the the cast album. Mm -hmm. And I I wasn't really a theater person before 
for Wicked, actually. Really? <laughs> kind okay. of. Um, in, in a way, I, I grew up singing in church, and, and I knew that I wanted to be a singer, but I didn't really know how that would translate to like a career. Mm. But I heard the cast album for the first time, and I, I was just like, I heard Adina sing, and mm-hmm. the end of Defying Gravity, and I was just like, this is what I want to do. It was like immediate, like, I'm going to do yeah. this kind of thing. Do you remember what juncture of your life you were at? I was, I think in my, I had just left high school. I just graduated high school. Okay. And I got it maybe like a year or two late from when it came out. Because, <laughs> you know, I was behind not being a theater person. But I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. I, I don't even know how I came across it. I don't remember if it was a friend that shared it with me and was like, check this out. You should sing this. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Because how but... does a Broadway cast album get in your orbit if you're not a theater kid? Exactly. And it, it was very much like, what is this world? Like, I always knew Broadway's a thing, but Wicked mm-hmm. specifically, like, was like, I felt a very strong pathway into that world. Yeah. And where did you grow up? Dallas. Or a suburb of Dallas. Dallas. I was born in Dallas, but okay. I grew up in Garland, Texas. Okay, so when did theater become a thing? If you weren't a theater person, when did you decide to pursue it? I was always a performer. I always wanted to sing. And I was kind of trying to figure out how to do that after I was, you know, getting out of high school, going into college. And I thought maybe I would do like vocal performance or choir something or other. Like I really Mm -hmm. enjoyed that kind of singing with other people and the way that that feels live with an audience. And so um, I I always knew Broadway was a thing, but I didn't know. I thought maybe, oh, you have to like dance and I've never done that. And I was (laughs) terrible at that. So I I never knew that it would be. That's a popular Alphaba response. (laughs) Let me tell you, it's, that's rough. She's not a dancer. So so it was kind of like I went to school and I went to Oklahoma City University and I, at that okay. point I was like oh I want to I want to do musical theater cuz I then I was just like really absorbing every piece of musical theater that I could get my hands on and mm-hmm. when I first started college so it was really what else was like on your on your iPod shuffle at that point? Ooh. What other musicals were you Oh my god, that's a great question cuz it was it was just I was saturated in it. I really like indie rock music, but it just like took me out of that for a second. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just listening to musicals. My my friend Neil and I had had this thing where we would basically listen to a new musical that we had never heard every week. That's, oh, that's very fun. theater kid of you. It's very theater. And I was like a late bloomer <laughs> with the theater kid thing. But yeah. so it was just like all at once. I was just kind of like, this is my life. But like Millie, <laughs> Millie was big. Mm. Belt mm-hmm. along to that a whole cast album. Yeah. Sure. That was big. Yeah. Anything like Sutton Foster was so fun because I was just like, this is so like joyful and and uh, exciting. And then, of course, like Jekyll and Hyde. <laughs> You know? So you knew you were a belteress from the start. Parade. Like, we're going through all the things, you know? Exactly. I I was most drawn to the things that I just enjoyed singing. And especially, like, in the car. Like, I would just go balls to the wall in the car, driving from Oklahoma (laughs) City to Dallas every weekend. But just, like, belting out any any possible random Mm -hmm. obscure musical theater song that I found. So were you studying theater in school? It was. It was a music major, so it was a little different, but I was supposed to learn dancing there, and I did not. I was just not a good student. I eventually dropped out, and we'll get to that because the reason was that I wanted to audition for other things. Oh, Or outside of school. 
Mm. Yeah. Well, that's a natural segue because then we want to know the first audition for Wicked. How did it even come about and what was the thought process then? I have a really interesting story because I got cast initially from a non-equity cattle call. Right. And I had never... Please talk about that. Okay. So I was... I had already... I knew that I wanted to go and do Broadway and audition for Broadway and get into that world. But I was in Was that the thought when you initially went to school for music? Or what did you think you were going to do? That's... Eventually, I went to community college for a year and I didn't really know what Mm -hmm. I was going to do. And then I got really like into musical theater then. And I was like, okay, well, I would like to go to a university for this. You know, took out way too much in loans. To go to yeah. a private school <laughs> that I eventually dropped out of because I wanted hey. to like work. So I was just kind of like, I, I learned by doing in a way that I was just like, this yeah. is not for me. So I mm-hmm. kind of, I, I didn't have a lot of money at all. And I had never been to New York City before. But I saw wow. on Playbill.com. Love. Ever heard of Playbill.com it? Playbill.com slash jobs. Heard of it. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. Filter. Yeah. All those. Yep. 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 And that's how I found the first, like, the non-equity cattle call. And it was just kind of like a general blanket come this day to Telsey casting when it was right there. And come and uh, audition. And I I guess I had no frame of reference for any of that. I had semi done one Rocky Horror picture show that was technically like an equity show i was in the ensemble i danced but it was the time warp (laughs) (laughs) that's the cap (laughs) that's about the dancing that i could that's about the level song is instructions in the song like (laughs) yes yes so when you were going into the non-equity call were you like I'm dead set on booking this, or were you just, well, I'll try it and see what happens? It was like it was going to happen. Like, really? I knew. It's like I knew. Like, uh, I, okay. I, and I didn't have a lot of money, so I was like, okay, I'm going to fly up to New York for the first time. My best friend lived there at the time, or lived here at the time, um, on St. Mm-hmm. Mark's, and I flew in. It was like, you know, like a $500 plane ticket in the fall of 2008. Wow. Yeah. What a time. What Manny a time Gonzalez to be alive. Was probably Alpha Bond Broadway. She probably was, but I couldn't afford a ticket to go see the show. So the first show I ever saw was Miss Allie Trim in 13, the musical <gasps> on Broadway. Oh my because they had a rush, and I was like, I can afford that. Let's go there. And so oh, it's not fun so now. She's Does she know that story life. now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was like the first thing I said to her. I was like, You were my first Broadway show. <laughs> so it's like full circle. So I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no idea what I was getting into. So so I was gonna I just came in town for maybe two days. I was gonna fly back the next day. Okay. Wore like a cocktail dress and it was like raining mm-hmm. outside and they made you line up outside of uh-huh. the <laughs> on the street. And there was like a line. And this was just a general call. Mm-hmm. You didn't know you weren't like alphabet, right? No, it was general. Okay. So there were there were like <laughs> maybe I I don't feel like I'm exaggerating by saying that there were about five hundred people there. Waiting in oh the rain, out in the line, out on the street, yeah. going around the corner, you know, going to the wow. bathroom at the McDonald's across the street. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so real dedication. Vibes. Real dedication. And so I get in there finally, you know, after being like freezing in the cold in this cocktail dress. And <laughs> I go up and it's a bunch of different rooms. And each one has like a casting associate, I guess, in it. I, I don't remember. I had, mm-hmm. I just was like, I don't know what this is. I'm just gonna do whatever they tell me. And I imagine it was probably pretty cool to be in like a real audition. It was. It was because I just was just like, what is this? And 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 for a few years, I was like, 
this is how auditions go. And I got in there and they were like, can you sing, like, we'd like you all to, like, sing um, eight bars a cappella. Of anything yep. you want? Yeah. What did you sing? I say, I had just done Little Women at OCU and I did mm -hmm. The End of Astonishing. Uh, classic. <laughs> and then like, and then like, they were like, "Okay, that's good. We'll send you to the other room with uh, Craig Burns, the casting director." And so I sang for mm -hmm. him, and he was like, "Can you sing some of this alphabet stuff for me?" And I was like, "Sure." And then I went wow, home. Wow! So he saw that in you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's really. It was cool. cool, but it was one of those things where I was like, my mom was like, "Are you sure you want to spend your money and go up there and do this audition?" I was like, "Mom, if if I do this, I'm going to play alphabet." She was like, "Okay." Great. Wow, I love it. There that. was like a very it was a very sure thing in my right. head and, and heart. you had known the show at this point already, <laughs> mm -hmm. so I'm assuming I was you had some, like, incredibly attached. To the yes, and I had seen it on tour in Dallas at that point. I'm just like so obsessed with the fact that like there wasn't even a doubt in your mind. And then like not only did it come true like eventually, it came true like that day. Kind of. It took me about a year and a half to actually get the drum. Like, like, I, there I flew was... back a few times, but yeah, yeah th that was yeah. the initial one though. Yeah. Okay. So what was the journey after that initial audition? Like, did you get any feedback or anything after that audition? Yeah. They were like, we would love to call you back at a later time. You know, they were kind of, at one point they they kind of put the Nessa Rose material in front of me and was like, mm -hmm. can you sing this? And I think I was too like... Yeah quirky for that or something or loud I don't which know which might be the loud. delineation because I feel like we hear a lot from alphabas where when they are auditioning they kind of get put in this Nessa Rose or alphaba right. zone mm -hmm. right is being quirky what brings you to alphaba <laughs> I don't know, but there's something there. Yeah. I feel yeah. like... Because I understand, like, singing-wise, if you can sing Alphabet, you can sing Nessa Rose. Yes. And I feel like Nessa's just a little bit chiller. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I guess <laughs> some of the Alphabas, we, it, we're loud. Nessa Rose is more buttoned up, I feel like. She is more buttoned up. She is more, yeah. like, I know the rules. I'm going to follow them. Mm -hmm. And Alphabet's mm -hmm. more like, <laughs> And I feel very... I've always felt very, Mah! So, <laughs> and thus they were like, oh, I did the Nessa Rose material. Like they were just like, go out there and read it for a second and then come back in uh -huh. here and, and do the material. And I did it and they were like, okay, no, the pick up the alphabet material. Again. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So, so it was, oh yeah. And I was like, well, I knew that. I was like, I don't want to be yeah. Nessa Rose. I want to sing the <laughs> alphabet songs. Like that's my yeah. character. She was bullied too. I want to be her. She was bullied too. <laughs> For being quirky. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So what was the next phase of auditions that brought you to Alphaba? So I was working at a uh, Tivana in the in Penn Square Mall in Oklahoma City. Wow, that's a I had, throwback, Tivana. I'm telling you, Starbucks <laughs> bought them and now they are, do not exist, basically. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yes, I was working at the mall at the time, but I was they every time that Craig Birds would call, would call me personally on my cell phone, wow. being like, hey can you be here next week to sing mm. for the team again or to read and sing for the team? And I was like, yeah, of course. Were you auditioning for other things at this time? Or no, this was it. The, the eggs okay. were in the basket. That was <laughs> gotcha. it. And that, and that was after that first initial audition, the open call, I, I had like got a taste and then like Craig Burns was like, we're going to call you back at a later date. Mm -hmm. I didn't, he was like, You're it hooked. could be an, yeah. And I was just like, okay, I'm out of school now. 
I just like immediately was just like, I'm done with school. I'm just going to like put my eggs in this basket and make sure it happens. So it was really Okay, all so yeah, of so you dropped out of school there. after that audition. That I dropped audition. out of school after that initial open call audition. And then gotcha. I worked at the Tivana in the mall for a year and a half. Okay. And then I finally, like maybe my like fifth or sixth time flying back and forth to New York, they had me do some dancing and I did some dancing, <laughs> dancing. And, um, and they were like, okay. It, and I booked that same day. I think Craig called me and was like, Hey, congratulations. We would like you to be, uh, Alphaba understudy in the ensemble in San Francisco. And that was 2010. And they said, you have two days to move to San Francisco. They always seem um, to say that. <laughs> yeah. You would think you'd have a little bit more, uh, time. It's crazy but to me because no. we keep hearing stories like this and it's crazy to me that actors are just like, yeah, okay. Sounds You're just good. expected to do, and they do because like, I, nobody's going to like pass up that. It's wicked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's wicked. It was like my eggs were there. Like, right, gotta go let's get them watch back. them hatch, right? <laughs> <laughs> Chickens. Okay, so you had two days, <laughs> you fly to San Francisco. Is this your first... So Rocky Horror happened. Would you say this was your first like big leagues job? Oh yeah, gotcha. Yeah. I was okay, extremely so what was the green versus reality. I was yeah. so green, and I had no idea what I was doing. I had to like learn the rules. Nobody like gives you like a rule sheet or like this is mm-hmm. etiquette, theater etiquette. Right. I had just never done that. I wasn't like a theater kid like a theater kid kid. And so I yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. had to learn it later while everyone oh, else which is knew a lot, what they were there's doing. There's a lot of like, there was a lot. Moments, exactly. Like, like don't <laughs> warm up in the dressing rooms. And like, you literally will mm-hmm. get written up and fined if you were late this many times or, you know, yeah, just yeah, like yeah. so many things. Did you have a mentor in that cast that kind of took you under their wing? I think some of them were super irritated with me <laughs> 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 because I came in and like I said, I danced um, and so they were kind of trying to teach me the ensemble track and they were like, oh, this girl has no idea what she's doing. Why? They were probably like, why the hell did she get hired? Anyways, oh, no. so I was being taught and I didn't know what a Sinead turn was. And so how do you put a person into an ensemble that doesn't even know what that is? So right. I think mm-hmm. they, they switched some of the ensemble tracks around Really? And it I don't think some of the ensemble members enjoyed that because it was just like, oh, this girl can't dance. Let's make everyone else do the harder work. But <laughs> also kind of fierce that you were special yeah, enough to make accommodations glamorous. for. I guess. I think back about it now and I'm like, well, I would be upset if that were me too. Like those girls <laughs> were right. And now one of my one of my best friends, Lauren Houghton, who is she was out in San Francisco with me and we were also on the tour that whole time. Mm-hmm. She didn't like me at first, and I think we got really close after she was like, oh, you just didn't, she just didn't know. I just didn't know anything. She was just a kid. I was just a kid, a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed kid with, you know, (laughs) very brave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, very brave, but it was, And you went on as Elphaba while you were understudying. I went on the day after my put-in. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) I went on the day after my put-in, my Elphaba put-in. It's always Somehow. so chaotic. There's never like it's an so easy alphabet no. debut story. <laughs> no, it was crazy. And at least I had a put in, you know what I mean? Because later on, right. you know, I didn't really have many put ins yeah. since then. <laughs> 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 um, but um, yeah, so so that was 
that was kind of my journey getting into it. And the first person I, the first alphabet I interstudied for was Eden Espinoza. And she was amazing. And, and that was just incredible. Because like, how many times did I listen to Once Upon a Time from Brooklyn? Right. Like at that point, as a theater kid, I'm sure Eden was a thing for you. Absolutely. And she had already done like a few runs as Elphaba. So it was just like, ooh, I can like learn things from her. And I did. She was like a masterclass in like, this is how you can do Elphaba without completely. Do you have like one Eden memory that sticks out to you? I know I'm putting you on the spot. I know. (laughs) I remember the first week I was there, and I think I was shadowing backstage for my mm-hmm. new ensemble track that I was coming into. And they had me watch right there on the side. And you can kind of see during Defying Gravity, they were like, okay, you're going to watch for the ensemble members to come out at the end. And I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. But I got to watch the entire Defying Gravity from the side during the show. And mm-hmm. when she, just seeing the way she got up and got into the lift and just sang her soul out was so mm-hmm. incredible. And I was like absolutely moved to tears, just like sitting there like- right. Trying to hide from the stagehands, like, sobbing, you know? (laughs) Especially at that stage in your career, I imagine. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, I can't believe that I'm here right now. It was very much like, I I mean, this is almost 13 years later, but I'm... Yeah. I'm still, like, it's it's still emotional for me, you know? Somehow. Somehow that's still emotional for me. Okay, so that's a good segue because this happened, you were understudying in San Francisco in 2010. 2010, that's right. It is now 2022, Alyssa Fox, and you are the current Alphaba standby on Broadway. (laughs) I am. (laughs) It has been just such a long journey. My, what is my so I don't want to jump to the end. <laughs> I don't want to jump to the end yet because I feel like the journey is very interesting. So 2010 happened, and then you went to the second national tour I standby in 2012, 12. I believe. 12. 12. Yep. So what was that two years in between? Was there talk? Did you think your Wicked Journey was done? Were you wanting to continue on? I had to. What was I had, vibe? I, had, I think I had gone in another couple times. I was auditioning for other things. I got an agent at that point when I moved to New York okay. for the first time after San Francisco closed. Because you were like, we are doing this closed. thing now. Yes. Like that, that, was, okay. that was it. And people were like, oh, you're okay. going to work, you know? Like move to New York, mm-hmm. get an agent, you're going to work. I didn't work for like yeah. two years, mm-hmm. you know? So Mm -hmm. it was very difficult and money is very hard in New York, especially when you, I had never had money before, so I didn't really know how to keep money. (laughs) So it was a rough, (laughs) it was a rough two years. So I worked, I I was a nanny. I love doing that. I love kids. And I also worked at an Argo tea in Columbus Circle. I think those are still around. I really like tea. tea. I know, I really am. (laughs) I don't drink coffee. It's only tea. From from like going to be your second act. You're gonna open a tea shop. Tea. I I would actually love that. I mean, I'm not much of a business person, but uh, look, she has other. Skills. We can make it happen, Alyssa. Yeah. Great, perfect, perfect. <laughs> okay, so this two years you were actively auditioning. Yes, and doing like day jobs. You know, gotcha. but I wasn't, and I think I was doing so much. I was doing the grind, and I was yeah. auditioning, mm-hmm. and nothing was hitting. Nothing mm-hmm. was hitting. Which has I got to be I frustrating did, like, after coming off of Wicked. Yes, because it was like I was at a hundred, and then I had to go back down, and then kind of figure out what a this pathway looked like for me without mm-hmm. money, right? <laughs> without time, you know, without um, guidance. I kind of yeah, yeah, was yeah. just doing it 
like I and artistic fulfillment too. I think, and I really missed that because that was so like doing alphabet is so meaty. And I I'm sure you've heard so many girls say this, but it's like once you do that, everything do else is easy. Mm-hmm. But I am so addicted to the challenge. And you've said before that you're addicted to playing alphabet. I am. It's like a drug. <laughs> It's like upsetting how much I still love it after like that like is not said. a common take that we get from the Alpha Buzz. I love it. I love it. I don't know why, but I love it. I feel like I I'm I'm built for it. Like my voice is yeah. built for it, and and I've seen <laughs> the crazy stuff that happens to these poor Alpha Buzz, and and it's right difficult. On. And I'm kind of like, okay, I know what the job entails. Mm-hmm. So how did you get back to the tour? After those oh, two right. years. So we're kind of going all over the place here, but. Um, no, you're good. I'm I, just trying to think of theaterly, anti-theaterly, we call No, that's her, great. Just like keep it Anti-theaterly. <laughs> we love you, Auntie. Hopefully she gives I us good you, Christmas presents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks, theaterly. Um, but, okay, so I, I did a couple auditions. One time I went in for them as like a callback. Um, and they were like, okay, we'll call you back for, I think it's, it was for the national tour, um, for, cause there were two at this point, right? Yes. Yeah. I'm not sure which one it was for, but, uh, but it was for a ensemble member again, an understudy. And I went in and there there was another dance call and there was like a partnering. Cause I think they were at that point, they were like, we're not going to move around the tracks again. So it was a partnering thing. So I go into this dance call trying to do these partnering lifts. And I have my leg up. I thought it was in the air, but they were like, okay. They were like, okay, um, that's it. Can you just put your leg a little bit further? And I was like, that's as far as it goes. That's it. And they were like, great. We'll call you back when a standby position opens up. (laughs) So you can stretch while you're backstage. Right, exactly. Exactly. Oh yeah, I, and so I've kind of resigned myself to being like, okay, I have other strengths. <laughs> One of them is not to put my leg up in the air while being lifted. You know, like there are okay. there are so many other girls who do those amazing things with dance, and I. But also, I don't know. When I think of like a career trajectory, I think kind of being put in that oh, she's not going to be ensemble understudy. We're going to put her in the standby bucket is kind of an elevation on a career. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. I mean, if yeah, okay. I, I, my goal was to have like a principal contract, and and okay. standby is a principal contract. I I wanted yeah. to do that. My my goal was not to be an ensemble member. I knew that I. That was not like <laughs> that was what I was good at, <laughs> you know, like that was not what I was good at. And I have so much deep respect for anyone who can do anything right. more than me. Dancers are yeah. blow my mind. Yeah, um, totally. So the very minimal stuff I could do didn't mm-hmm. really work in that audition. <laughs> so I so did you have like to a- re-audition for standby or did mm-hmm. they just call you? Okay. I had to re-audition. I think every time they had me re-audition. Every time until when? I'm assuming that stopped at some point. It stopped after... I didn't have to like audition when I was on tour and I was the standby. I was the standby for two and uh-huh. a half years. Mm-hmm. Then they bumped me to lead out there on tour. But mm-hmm. it took a while. Two and a half years I was there and I really wanted And were you and- like advocate? Because Jenny Denoya told us that while she was standbying for a long time, she started kind of internally advocating, being like, hey, I would love to be bumped up to lead. Absolutely. Is that you were doing? Yes. Okay. And to this day, I'm still doing it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Like is end goal, like, do you want to do this principle on Broadway, you think? I can't tell you how I can't tell you how much I want it. Oh. Really? I can't tell you how much still. I want it. Still. 
Like I said, wow. I still love it. Like if the second I stop loving it, I'll be like, I'm out. Bye. Yeah, yeah. But I still there's something in me that is still so close mm-hmm. to my heart. Yeah. And I think you so, and Jenny are alike in that way. We are. And we kind of both moved up the ranks, you know? Yeah. Over <laughs> over a more than a decade. You know decade what I mean? Decade plus. And I yeah. stood by for her three times. <laughs> Oh my god! So, and then you two were like trading places on yes, Broadway. Yes, I know. <laughs> so crazy. So yeah, I think there's all these there's all these Alphabet girls too that you're just like yeah I I know you or I've understudied you or you know we were all kind of very like we knew yeah. each other's journeys. So it, it was yeah. neat looking at Jenny like oh she has advocated for herself in a way and has achieved those goals that she wanted to achieve for herself. And so it was a wonderful like example of like, oh, I can do this. I am able to achieve those goals that I put myself forward for. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I did get bumped to lead on tour. And that was And was like, it ugh. how long, like after you had decided as standby on tour, I want to do lead and I'm going to start advocating for myself. Was it a struggle to get bumped up to lead or did it happen kind of naturally and organically? It was a struggle. Okay. I mean, I had stood by for a few girls. And because standby mm-hmm. on tour is harder than it is on Broadway, just because, just like um, psychologically, I feel like, because there's not a, there's not a Glinda standby out there. There's only an Alphabet standby. Oh, and so, I think I realized that. And then if you don't go on for a while, you're just kind of isolated, traveling from city to city, oh, not really having yeah. a purpose, because you're not like actively mm. in the show. So all the experiences of everyone else that you're traveling around with, you're not participating Mm -hmm. actively in the things that are happening the whole reason that we're on the tour you know so it was just like kind of messes with your head I was just like if I don't do this you know I'm going to lose it and so there was it was hard for a while being a standby on the tour now I'm kind of like I know like I enjoy being a standby I actually do I really like especially in New York if you live here it's great you know (laughs) yes not bad at all. And sharing the dressing room with the girls is so wonderful. And I and it is it is different on Broadway than mm-hmm. it is on tour. So how did you find out that you got bumped up on tour? How did I find out? <laughs> yeah, I know. I think my agent at the time called me and was like, hey, so uh, do you want to stick around that tour a little longer? I was like, oh, yeah, sure. And I knew that it was I knew that it was opening up. And I was like, oh, oh okay. yeah, sure. You know, hypothetically. Yeah, I absolutely. <laughs> like, you know that I want this. And he was like, OK, so there. So how do you feel about playing Alphabet eight times a week? And I was like, I want to do it. Give me that. So, Where and do then, I sign? I it love was the so, dramatics that so, agents use to deliver news. <laughs> Sometimes they're just like, who, how can I say this in the most dramatically possible? And I live yeah. for it. I love Because then you get those, like, nobody's ever, like, camera phones weren't as much of a thing in 2008. But if somebody, sure. like. No one's recording you. So if somebody recorded me while I got those calls, it would have been, like. Yeah. You know, the sobbing, the falling down, the, like, laughing, the screaming. It would have been all that stuff. So. <laughs> yeah. So it and was, like, it my agent telling principal, me. did you notice, like, what was the difference between now having to do it eight times a week as opposed to being a standby? And was it an easy transition for you? It was because I already had a relationship with the cast. The stamina was something that you obviously have to work up to. It's different doing like a one-off every week or two show, you know, and mm-hmm. to doing it eight times a week. That's, it's just so much more energy. For Alphaba, you mm-hmm. have to, for lead, playing lead Alphaba, you have to give up your entire life. 
Like, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. is what you're doing. To me, it just takes every bit of energy Mm -hmm. from you. And was it... Because Jackie Burns told us that it took her until her second or third contract to feel totally comfortable and be able to have fun doing it. What was your experience? Like from from early, early on too? From doing or it as, as lead. As lead, I think. I don't remember that as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was a little, I think I was pretty comfortable at that time. Like I, it was kind of like, I wanted this to happen. Now it's happening. And now I'm enjoying it. And I did enjoy it. And sometimes... You know, Wicked's crazy in the way that, you know, <laughs> yeah. it just is. Yeah. We just go a little mm-hmm. nuts, you know, alphabet crazy. And you yeah. either lose your voice or your body or your brain. I feel like the standby to principle journey is very special in a way that is different from like the tour to Broadway journey. Yeah. And did you feel um, like any kind of way now having a standby? I think... Being a standby for so long before being a principal or before being lead taught me what that track goes through. And Mm. so I, Mm -hmm. I hope that I kind of took the torch and was like, I know where this person's coming from. I'm going to try to let them know when I'm calling out because, you know, like. It's hard to do those eight shows a week, and sometimes you need a rest. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that you guys always say, let the alphabets rest. Let them rest. <laughs> let them rest. Like, oh, come on. Please let them rest. I want that on a t-shirt, anti-theaterly. Yeah. Actually, same. Same. I would absolutely yeah. wear it. I would absolutely wear that. Let the alphabets rest. I think you can right, really, like. first. You can, like, really. I think so. You can make, make Auntie, a good buck off of it. that. I'm saying. <laughs> It's not a bad idea. Um, because right, we got a Fox to people side. know. I, I Yes, I will be your model. I'll be yeah. your Instagram model. Perfect. Just kidding. Love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so it's exhausting. And so every time I was kind of like, you know, I want to let my standby know. I want them to feel appreciated. I want to feel like that they're not like the second fiddle. Like this is a team mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Like we are, especially with a role like Alphaba, the standby is so important. I think yes, because if you, if there's not like a cover that can help you out, it, you feel so much pressure anyway. Mm-hmm. It just goes through the roof if you're like, well, I now I have to do this no matter what, and it's exhausting. Mm-hmm. And so it does feel kind of like a team. At least that's what it felt like in my experience. Depending mm-hmm. on who the, I, I was very lucky to stand by for some really wonderful girls. Nobody ever treated me like trash, you know, mm, but I know that nice. it happens. I know that it happens. I know that people get scared of their cover, you know, right. you know, territorial or whatever. But I always had a wonderful, wonderful experience with the girls I understudied or, or stood by for. And that kind of showed me too how to live as the lead with mm. other standbys and, and covers. Who was your first standby? I feel like we should know this. I think it was Mary Kate Morrissey. It was either Mary Kate Morrissey or Emily Cook. I don't remember which came first. Love Terrific. Yeah. <laughs> and they were lovely, you know? And and so it, it always, to me, it felt, I wanted it to feel more like we're on the same team kind of thing. Yeah. Right. That's such a yeah. good attitude. To, it's like such an it takes a village attitude as opposed to. Well, and that's to... like the whole show too. It's not just Elphaba's show. It's not just Glinda's show. Like there's mm-hmm. a whole cast of, literally a cast of people. <laughs> and and the people backstage, you know, that are making the magic happen. Like, 
This is yeah, not. Ensemble yeah, has a lot to do, especially when you compare Wicked to like contemporary Broadway musicals. The ensemble has so much to do in Wicked as they opposed do. to like what's currently playing on Broadway. You know, in the new yeah. seasons. Yeah. It's like every time I go back to Wicked, I'm shocked by how much they do. They make the story come to life. Mm-hmm. And uh, along with the rest of the characters, but without the without the ensemble, like it would be like Alphabet doesn't dance. Be, like I need to no. see some dancing. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> Broadway, come on. Um, yeah. So so for everything, I I like to feel like it's more of like we're all on a team, not like I'm the mm-hmm. lead of this. But it's just like wow, what a privilege to get to be with these people on stage all making this story happen and sharing it with mm-hmm. everyone. Yeah. So talk us through that first time you got asked to come stand by on Broadway cuz I imagine that was like a big moment for you. It was a big moment. I obviously had never been on Broadway before. Mm-hmm. I this would be my Broadway debut and it would be doing this role that I really loved very much. And, and I committed um, to for so long. Yeah, for already at that point, very long time. That was uh, 2015, 16, something like that. 16. Yeah. 16. <laughs> that's what our notes You say. know. No, I think you're right. I think that's, I think your notes are correct. Um, so I, I moved from the tour to Broadway and that's kind of, you know, I, that's what I wanted. I wanted to move to Broadway mm-hmm. after that. And I think, again, it was my agents who were like, hey, they would like to move you to Broadway. And I was like, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and so I went okay. and I was transferring with other people, you know, that were moving to Broadway too. And this has been a pattern in my life, but I would go in and, and they would, because I'm the standby, they would want to rehearse the leads which makes sense to me. Mm. So I would like mm-hmm. watch a lot. And this happened with both. I was in Frozen as well, uh, uh, standing mm-hmm. by for oh, Casey and Levy. Oh, but, we know. Which we want to talk about. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that later. Um, I came in and it was my Broadway debut and I had not really had a rehearsal. Definitely not a put in. Uh, on Broadway, but the show's different on Broadway than it is yeah. on tour. Yeah, sure yeah. is. <laughs> and I was terrified. Terrified. <laughs> Oh my god. And so I I was <laughs> you know, I was very nervous and and people were like, "Well, you've done this before." I'm like, "It's not the same." Also, it's my not Broadway debut, terrifying, doing that without yeah. a rehearsal and without a put-in <laughs> on the biggest and stage with, like, in the world. Like <laughs> way more stairs. There's so many stairs. Why are there so many yeah, stairs? I also love Kevin referring to the Gershwin as the biggest stage in the world. I mean, like <laughs> physically, that stage is humongous. It is it's huge. So and there's big. lots of there's and lots of running. There's lots of screaming. It's raked. So we're on all mm-hmm. of our bodies are sideways. You know? Yeah. It's and really just the bonkers. like different you come through a trap door and stuff, the differences between so different. Four, I would so, feel like warrant we, a put in rehearsal. We had done like some of the technical elements. Like I went up into the okay. levitator, not while okay. singing or anything, just as like a technical <laughs> thing. Like and they're like, okay, safety, and then yeah. you do, do exactly safety things. You're gonna do this run up, run down, but I never had done it like all consecutively as a show. I had never done the full wow. show on the Gershwin stage. Until, Until I had my Broadway debut and basically blacked out the whole time because I was just like, this is the craziest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how that's how I made my Broadway debut and I did not enjoy it. I didn't. Oh I, I wish that I had, but I, I did not enjoy yeah. it. I think I freaked myself out. And luckily, you've had a lot of time since then. Yeah. To do it yeah. <laughs> luckily, yes. Yes, we've come back around. And now I'm yeah. just like, okay, yeah, now I definitely don't need rehearsals. Yeah, you want me to come when? <laughs> you want me to come when? You need me to have a rehearsal now? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had a listener ask, what is your difference between Alphaba and the way that you play Alphaba pre-pandemic and post-pandemic? Has Ooh. that informed anything in this most recent era of you playing Alphaba? Because it does feel like different time periods. And I feel like I'm a different person also. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's so different. I think I've come to... I feel like at during the pandemic, I had no choice but to look internally at my own self and learning things about myself and kind of looking at these characters that I've played, both Elphaba and Elsa, and how they've mm-hmm. kind of all their lives felt a certain way and trying to cover up this power that they have. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I feel like during the pandemic, I kind of looked internally and I was like, what is holding me back? You know, mm-hmm. how can mm-hmm. I go on this same journey? Mm-hmm. What can I learn from these roles I've already played? Mm-hmm. And then can I play them again, but in with a different context as the actor? But then... <laughs> Wait, talk us through the Omicron okay. of it all, because we were a little yeah. confused of like how everything lined crazy. up with all the Avenger squad that they brought in. Right? <laughs> it, was, it was like the perfect storm of like... Um, Sick. People getting um, sick. People getting injured. Um, uh-huh. Just it really was a crazy time. COVID like ripping through these companies. Like yeah. ripping yeah. through them. Like I think I came in five different times during uh-huh. that COVID period before I got on this contract for standby. And was um, it always a last minute ask? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they'd be like, uh, I'd be sitting on my couch here where I'm sitting right now. And I'd be like, you know, I like to embroider. I was embroidering and like watching uh-huh. television. And uh, Mary Beth, the stage manager, will just she'd just call me and she'd be like, hey, are you in town? And I'd be like, yeah, what's going on? She's like, um, could you possibly like come in to cover to stand yeah. by? And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, uh, when do you when do you need me to come in? She was like, now? And so like, oh, my God. That's what happened, like, numerous times. And, and, and I loved it because time, it was like. by the fifth time, are you just like, ugh, Mary Beth's calling. Like, no, gotta get my like, shoes on. Like, And I told her, too. And I was like, look, I'm unemployed right now. I love doing yeah. this. I love these people in this building. If you need me, please call me because mm. I love to do it. It's Mm -hmm. not, you're not, I'm not, I don't feel like put out by that. I was happy to do it. Good. It was exciting for me to go back. Was it easy to do? Or, because even though you've been doing it for so long, I imagine it's still hard to just like jump right into it. But exactly, because I had left in 2017. I had Mm. left Wicked in 2017 to open Frozen. Um, And so I hadn't done it since 2017. And then when I got called back after the pandemic, or after the shutdown, you know, I, it had been five years since I had done Alphaba. Mm. And I was like, I don't Did you even. Did in for this? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't have a put in for Frozen either. It was, it was during previews oh and there was no put in. Like, oh my God. There's just a history there with put ins. Like, all right, I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. put ins are for other people. Alyssa Fox, um, she doesn't need it. a put in. I mean, I probably should have one just for, you know, safety reasons, but no, I, but I did it, but I did not. And, oh and at, when we got into the rehearsal, we, I had like, oh, you know, they, 
rehearsed me for maybe three days or something like that because they were like how much do you need and i was like i actually don't know so let's get in the room and see how much i remember yeah yeah and so we went into like the rehearsal hall that's at the gershwin and there and i was like okay fyi don't know how much i know of this and she was like okay we'll just take it and I did the whole show and I was just, it just like my body started to move. And my mouth started to like speak and sing the words. And I was oh just like, God. something in, it's in there. It like stayed yeah, yeah. in there. And then I'm just like, what else is in there that yeah. I remember? So like, like Rocky maybe I like remember Rocky. all kinds of stuff from school. I just don't know how to tap into it. So it was just kind of like, it just came out of me. Some, it, I guess after all those years. And then hearing mm -hmm. it eight times a week, it's going to stay with you sure. in some sort of way. Plus, emotionally, yeah. it's important to me. And so I think I it just was stored away for safekeeping for later back there. Yeah. Do you feel like um, all of your experience, like standing by and on principle, allowed you to kind of find like a reliable alphaba within yourself? Like what your show is and how yeah. like, the show you can do I, at yeah. the drop of a hat like that. Yeah. I'll I, say, think... I saw you like a month ago and you are so comfortable in this role. Yeah. I and it's feel still exciting and exhilarating, but you can tell that you are just kind of chilling through it, which is nice to see. Living in it. <laughs> Trying to. I'm glad. I'm glad that it came <laughs> off that way. Yeah. I think I've, uh, I, I think it is like I've done it so long that it feels comfortable. Like I'm not nervous mm -hmm. before the show. Of course you get nervous if you have like a like a cold or something. That's so hard mm -hmm. to do this particular show and this mm -hmm. particular role feeling any little bit under the weather. So I think after doing it so many times, I kind of learned how to navigate both my voice and mm -hmm. got to know the character so well, being like, what can I play with, mm -hmm. you know, with this new actor or with this new actor or what am, what are the new things that I'm getting out of this? I will say, mm -hmm. I used to be in No Good Deed Alphaba, mm. and now- Oh, you're jumping the gun. I love it. Oh, man. I love it. That's all right. That's all right. That's oh, all right. I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I just, this was like a very like pre-post-pandemic thing. It was. Pre-pandemic, okay. okay, I yeah. felt, pre-pandemic felt very No Good Deed Alphaba, like balls to okay. the wall, pissed off, whatever. That's like, I like mm -hmm. lived in that. And now yeah. after, after we came back- I was finding so many new things in Defying Gravity that I mm -hmm. I don't think you I You are a quintessential ever... Defying Gravity alphabet to me. I mean, oh, I love that. <laughs> okay, well, good, because I identify with that now. And I did it before, but now I do. Yeah, talk a little bit more about that. I think the way I have kind of adjusted myself pre and post-ish pandemic mm -hmm is very, it's a lot about is about, about presence and being mm -hmm. fully present wherever you are and not being like in, in your head or having some sort of like ego experience of like, this is my show. Mm. I'm just going to impress everyone with my voice. You know, I'm going to yeah. riff as much as possible and then blow everyone away and they'll never forget me. It was more like, <laughs> let's be present and let's figure out what we can learn from this personally or what I can mm. learn from this personally by doing it and learning from the people around me, whoever that those people may be. So it was very mm -hmm. much like I was finding so many new things in Defying Gravity because that is the song where she finds her power mm -hmm. or she owns her power. It's not the song where she finds her power. It's the song where she owns her power. And yeah. it's, if you think about it in terms of me as the actress, getting to play that as Elphaba outside of Alyssa Fox teaches, mm -hmm. teaches Alyssa Fox how to do it for herself. Mm. 
Right. So it's like a lesson every time I feel like now something is much deeper there within myself with the character. So I'm glad that it I'm glad that it comes off grounded because yeah. it, it feels it, <laughs> it feels it feels grounded. Yeah. It was. I was just like she is so comfy right now. <laughs> I just love it. I think that's really what guides it. I was just I just love it, you know. Right, which I think is coming through in just talking to you. I'm really I think you are the most enthusiastic actress we have had. Really? Well, I'm kind yeah. of an enthusiastic person in general. <laughs> so like that tracks, that tracks. <laughs> okay, so I remember from your two truths and a lie that Adina Menzel has seen your performance as Alphaba, which I she think did. is something very few people can say. Right. Yeah. And I didn't really believe it. My mother was there that <laughs> night and I had a few friends there wow. that night because I think they were planned performances. I think they were planned performances. Okay. Um, and I was just backstage and I came back to the dressing room for intermission. I checked my phone. My mom was like, Idina Menzel's here. And I was like, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> like, there's no way my mom knows like what she looks like. But she, I was like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm, sure. And then my friend Maddie texted me. He was like, um, I, Idina's here with her son. And I was like, Your Wait. stage manager didn't tell you ahead of time? No. Nobody told me. It was like it was like they want. It was like they wanted to keep it a secret, you sure, know. Sure. And so I, there was yeah. never any like absolutely she's here. You're gonna see her after, you know, like sh- whatever. Yeah. Like, and I had never met her before. Cool. And <laughs> yeah. so when we came off stage, like she was just standing there backstage. Like we got off from bows, and here's Idina with her son, who's like asleep. And she was, <laughs> and she was so kind. And she was like, um, "That was that was the first time since I've been here that I've watched the whole show." Right. Well, there was another instance I think where she went where she left at intermission. I don't right. think it was you though. She did not yeah. leave because she was there at the end of the show. I have yeah. picture right, proof right, right. with Carolyn's. Wait, we need <laughs> the proof. I have the receipts. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you posted so. that picture online? Like a long time ago. I'm not very good at social media, but yeah. maybe I'll have to bring that one back. Yeah, we, yeah, or pass. send it to us and we'll post it with this episode. You got it. <laughs> I will. I will. But that okay, was special. Yeah. Listeners so were asking there. for clarity on that. She okay. came to the show and she saw the whole thing. Her 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 son was asleep, but she saw the whole thing. I <laughs> swear to you. We believe you. We believe you. <laughs> What an honor. Okay, so switching gears to Frozen, you were standing by again for a former Alphaba. Something that came up to me was, what did you notice a distinct difference between standing by in Frozen and standing by in Wicked? Well, I think character-wise in general, or like mm-hmm. the 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 difficulty, I guess, of it. Right. Because Caroline Bowman was on the podcast too, and she told us that Alphaba was definitely harder than Elsa, if oh, I'm remembering that correctly. Yes. Absolutely harder. Elsa harder. gets to sit down. Like, Elsa like gets to leave the stage and like go sip on some tea in the dressing room. Alphaba's over Elsa's here. Elsa's a like, little bit of a park and bark role. In she this is stage a park show. and bark, and I live for it. You get to wear like the most gorgeous costumes, and then you like you get the basically like moment. run out. You have that moment. It's like very powerful and like awesome. But you basically come yeah. out. Sometimes you run a little bit, but then you like scream, and then you go back to your dressing room. But there was time yeah. to go back to your dressing room, and like in in Wicked, you're basically every change is a quick change except for intermission so like everything's just like it's like one after another it's like running a marathon Mm -hmm. every show 
So Frozen was definitely different in that way because even though okay. it was difficult vocally, it was just not near as hard physically. Was it nice to be doing something different than yes. Wicked at this this point in your career? Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And okay. I felt and I felt the calling to do that too when I saw that they okay. were bringing Frozen. I told my agent, so I was like, "Can you get me? Can me in there? Mm-hmm. Cool. Can you mm-hmm. get me an appointment? Sure." So I I was very happy that I got to do that, and and you know because I had basically only done Wicked up until that point, up mm-hmm. until 2017. Yeah. So it was like my entire career was just Wicked. Mm-hmm. And so I really did want to like branch out, but it was another Dina role. <laughs> yeah, it was. But that's okay. <laughs> yeah, look, I wouldn't mind if she did other things and then I'd follow her and do those things. <laughs> right. And then right. just be, keep being employed, you know? That would be nice. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. It was cool standing by for a Casey too because I knew that she ha- kind of knew what both of those were too. Mm. Did you guys have that moment where like we both played alphabet? I'm always curious yeah, about that. It's such she's, a dumb question. She's so, but... she's so kind and I think there was always like a knowing and, and I had played it a lot more recently than she had. She's done mm-hmm. so many things since then. Sure. So it, it was definitely like I felt close to her because we had both experienced that. that. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. I think, you know, a lot of the girls that have played Elsa have played Alphaba. Right. So. Yeah. It's kind of, we talk about the Jenna, Alphabet of Jenna pipeline. Yeah. It's yeah. also an Alphabet of Elsa yeah. pipeline. Yes, very much <laughs> Elsa so. Buzz. Yeah. Yes, Elsa Buzz. We Elsa love Elsa Buzz. Buzz. <laughs> okay, so since you answered our Alphabet question, let's do it for Frozen. Were you a dangerous to dream, let it go, or monster. Elsa. Oh come on! Let it go. <laughs> like, I love dangerous to dream. He said, oh, that's come not a on. question. <laughs> not a question. Let it go. I could see an argument for monster. I could see an argument for monster. I'll give you that. I'll give you that because it's like you know you get to like really like rock no. and roll, yeah. sing and pants. <laughs> there are and pants yeah, involved. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it for me, for me, let it go. It was like the. It, energy coming from the audience there's something about live performance that really gets me and that song mm-hmm. in particular people go nuts over mm-hmm. and we had some a pretty young audience a lot of the time and sure a lot of them it was their first broadway show but they knew that song you know you know <laughs> that pretty much everyone in the audience knew that song and so when that piano part at the beginning of let yeah. it go starts yeah. you hear mm-hmm. you hear the inhale and the yeah. whispers and not just mm. from kids but like from the gays from the gays <laughs> <laughs> Very that. From the parents trying to like keep their kids from singing along, you know? Like (laughs) it was very exciting. And then like the whole journey of that song going the whole song is an arc, you know? Like Mm -hmm. she starts off one way and then like goes into another thing. Kind of like defying gravity, even though she's a little bit further along at that point. Kind of Um, like the wizard. There are very much parallels between the three songs in each, actually, I think. They line up. Yeah. Yeah. That's true, actually. Which is maybe just a musical structure, but it probably is. The I want song. The yeah. 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 The climax and then the like emotional. Eleven (laughs) o'clock number. Yep. Yeah. So Elsa was very cool too, but it was definitely a let it go. Was And you did the the entire Broadway run, right? I did. I did, yeah. And the pre Broadway tryout. I didn't go on then, but I went on in previews before Broadway company Mm -hmm. opened. So wow! Uh, yeah. Oh, Alyssa, this has been so fun. I love it. Thank, 
Thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you online? They can find me at pretty much just on Instagram. I'm kind of a lurker on Twitter at Alyssa Fox, but Instagram I am at Alyssa Joy Fox. Mm-hmm. So I post more stories than anything, but and I'm not very good at that Don't either. We all. But <laughs> but that's where you can. That's find amazing. Me. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us, Alyssa, for it's our so Wicked funny. Day episode. I don't yes. know if you knew this, but this I is did our not Wicked know day that. Yes, it's mm-hmm. Wicked Day. Happy Wicked Day, Alyssa. <laughs> Happy Wicked Day. day. <laughs> Nineteen years and counting. Years. Somebody Are you told doing me any, yesterday. Like, fun promo stuff for Wicked Day. Mm, that you can talk no. about. <laughs> I think we're having some sort of a party, but like that's. I am not oh. actually sure what that will be. Like a right. sheet. Well, this um, is the celebration. This is my celebration. I will celebrate <laughs> it with just you two online. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> All right. Okay, so to top out this episode, I just want to remind everybody that if you'd like to support the pod, there's a few ways to do so. You can subscribe to our Patreon to join the Green Circle, or if you're looking for a free way to support the pod, you can open up whatever app you're listening on and give us a rating, give us a review, um, and we will love you forever. You've been listening to Sentimental Men from Theaterly. This episode was produced by Quincy Brown, Kevin Bianchi, and the team at Theaterly. Thanks to Anthony Abitangelo, the most swankified podcast editor in town. And another thanks to Michaela Reynolds for making us look downright osmopolitan in our new key art. And to Julia DeMarzo for our logo design. If you want to get in touch, send us an email. We love to hear from you all. You can reach us at sentmenpod at theaterly.com. That's T-H-E-A-T-R-E-L-Y. You can also connect with us across social media on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at SentMenPod. Thanks for tuning in. Till next time, I'm Quincy. And I'm Kevin. Wow, did we pay attention to the wizard for the first time? (laughs)